the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. Genesis, which means origin, is the book of beginnings. There we find the origin of all things, the universe, all living things, the first worship, the first marriage, the first temptation, the first sin as a result of the first temptation, the first judgment as the result of the first sin, the first salvation, the first family, the first murder, the first destruction of the world. Listen as Pastor Randa reminds us of who God is, the source of everything. You'll want to take notes, so have your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Good morning. Isn't it good to be in the house of God today? Oh, it's so good to be here. You know, we could be in ICU. We could be any number of places. But God and his grace and his good wisdom and his love and his mercy has privileged us to come into the house of God, to worship, to praise, to hear what thus saith the Lord. Well, you had your quiz on the history and culture and all the dynamics of what we did on last Sunday. Some of you did pretty good and others you did kind of good and others you did not so good. And, uh, and then we uh, began to, to preach uh, Genesis chapter 1-1. So turn to Genesis chapter 1 and we'll see what God does as we go through the scripture. Because of so many uh, verses in this particular chapter... Uh, we want what we'll do. We'll just read it as we go through the text to save some time. So normally I usually read the text in its entirety, but because of the length of the text, we'll just uh, as I read it, we'll uh, exposit the verses and see what God has to say. Amen. All right. We thank God for His Word, and we thank God for this great book of, of Genesis. The series is entitled "In the Beginning, God." That's just appropriate for chapter one. In the beginning, God. The scripture says in verses one and two, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was void. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now in verse one, God makes a summary statement introducing six days that he created the heavens and the earth. That's what I want to say about this. Verse one is actually a summary statement introducing the six days that he created the heavens and the earth. And he leaves Moses, uh, leaves no doubt as to who is doing the creating and who is the author of creation. Because all down this text, it says, in the beginning, God, and God said, and God saw, and God said, and God, all the way through. You, the subject is God, 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 God. If you, if you miss God in this text, you're not trying to find him. 
So in verse 1, God makes a summary statement introducing six days that he created the heavens and earth. In verse 2 and throughout the rest of chapter Genesis chapter 1, he describes specifically what is done in the creative process. In verse 2, the earth is described in its unfinished state without form. The text says it was, it, it was void, without form, empty, which meant that it lacked order and was uninhabited by creatures. Darkness over the face of the deep points to the absence of light. It was dark, no light, there was no order, uh, the, the world was in an unfinished state as God was doing his creative process. As a matter of fact, another scripture reference that speaks to the earth was without form and void and had no light is found in Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 23. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 23 is a text to substantiate where we are. And you need to really look at this because uh, this is just very intriguing and it's not oftentimes you, you hear Genesis exposited. And so we want you to really have your listening ears on and really document as the spirit lead. Jer- Jeremiah 4.23 says, and I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens, they had no light. So even Jeremiah, that great prophet of God, speaks to the creation and how it was in the beginning. The verse says the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You see that in the text? This means that uh, as the spirit of God was moving over the waters, that the spirit of God, this is a third person in the Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was very active with God in the creative process. The triune Godhead is made up of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we see here the Spirit being at work in the creative process with God. So the Spirit of God was moving over the waters and God was about, it it, it means that God was about uh, to, to do something to unfinished earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth, and then, and then God is fashioning, and then we see form and all the things that comes into being as God is about to do something fantastic. In verse 3, it says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. In other words, God don't have to push, mm, I think I'm going to get some light up there some kind of way. No, 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 no. He just said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, be mindful. Light is the first of God's creative work, which God effortlessly speaks into existence. Light here is the presence of illumination. Say illumination. It is the presence, it is the presence of illumination on the earth. This is not the light from the sun, moon, or stars, because they were not created until the fourth day in Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19. If you look out down to Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 and 19 through 19, you see the creation of the sun, stars, and moon. So this this is not the, the light from the sun, the stars, and the moon and all of that. This is God illuminating the earth with light. Uh, Verses 4 and 5, God saw the light was good and God separated the light from darkness. Verse 5 says, God called the light, what? Day and darkness, he called what? Called the light day 
and he called darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Now notice in Genesis chapter 1, God uses the expression, it was good. Say it was good. God, God doesn't do evil. Everything that God does is astoundingly good. And it was good as used seven times uh, in, in the creative process right here in uh, Genesis chapter 1. Let me show you what I'm talking about. In verse 4a, it says, and God saw the light, saw that the light was good. In verse 10b, it was good. In verse 12b, it was good. Verse 18b, it was good. Verse 21b, it was good. Verse 25b, it was good. Verse 31a, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Everything God does is good. Everything God does is good. Man, the sunshine is good. The rain is good. That's why we are praying for some of it right now. Huh? Huh? Everything is good. Everything is absolutely phenomenally good. In other words, as God looked upon the product of his will and creation, he admires his finished product and saw that it was very good after uh, seeing what he had done. In verses 4 and 5, God separates. You know, he, we said uh, he called the light day and darkness what? Uh, Night. In other words, God separates, look, God separates and gives names to various parts of the day. God called the light day and the darkness night. God giving names to his creation demonstrate his complete ownership. He can name anything what he wants to name. He said, why is he doing some naming here? Because he owns it. He's the creator of it. So he tags names to various parts of the day. Because he ha- it demonstrates his ownership. It demonstrates the fact that God has dominion and God is completely sovereign. He has a right to do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do, and don't have to check in with anybody. Verse 5b says, and there was evening. Look, and there was evening and there was morning. The what day? The first day. In Genesis, evening always precedes morning. Evening always precedes morning. The Hebrews began each day at sunset. The creation of light removes darkness, thereby completing the first day. As Pastor Rander continues today's teaching, he reveals to us the monumental contribution of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, from a historical and foundational perspective, spanning the scriptures as a whole, all the way to the Revelation, the last book of the Bible. In other words, God is Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Listen as Pastor Rander continues to minister to us today through this powerful and enlightening message from the Word of God. All right, in verses 6 through 8, uh, look what it says, And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the first, the second day. In Genesis chapter 6, an expanse means to beat out and spread out. 
It means to beat out and spread out and refers to the atmosphere or sky. The expanse refers to the atmosphere or sky. God suspended a vast body of water in vapor form over the earth, making something like a canopy that caused conditions of the earth to resemble that which is inside a greenhouse. He created a perfect environment, a perfect earth, something like a greenhouse effect that was so perfect with perfect temperature. You, uh, you didn't have a hundred and five, a hundred and six, ninety-eight degrees, and all of that. It was perfect temperature. Isn't that nice? And also, this canopy served as a filter for ultraviolet rays from the sun that would soon be created in Genesis chapter one, verses fourteen and nineteen. Later on, in in this verse. Uh, this also may account for the longevity of human life in Genesis chapter 5. Because of this canopy and how things were uniquely done, enhanced the age of man, which drastically changed after the flood because of the wickedness of human race. Uh, in the early days of humanity, men and women lived a very, very, very long time. You know, and the canopy above... And, uh, and when the days weren't so wicked, uh, longevity was, was, was there. Let me just give you a glimpse as to how long folk lived back then. In Genesis 5, 5, it says, so all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. 930 years. Genesis 5, 8 says, so all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. Can you imagine Imagine living 912 years. And Genesis 5.11 says, so all the days of Enosh were 905 years and he died. Genesis 5.14 says, all, so all the days of Canaan were 910 10 years and he died. Genesis 5.27 says, so all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. Can you imagine somebody living 969 years? That's almost 1,000 years of life. 1,000 years of life. And you say, well, why was it cut short? It was cut short because man was getting so wicked and so depraved. Until God said, I can't let man live that long. If, he live, if I let him live that long, he's just going to do more damage. So he cut his days short because of the evilness of his heart. And also because of how the dynamic of the, when, the, when Adam and Eve fell, the world became cursed. And, and, and the, the, the world, as we once knew it before the fall, uh, something happened uh, to the world as it was made back then. And so even the, the rays of the sun and all these things had a different type of dynamic during that particular time. Look at verses 9 and 10. Y'all hang with me? This is just fascinating. And God said, let the waters under the, under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so, verse 10, God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas and God saw it was good. You see, before land appeared, water covered everything. Everything was water in, in the beginning. Everything. And at the word of God, land emerged from the great mass of waters. God brought land out of waters. And then God gave seas its boundaries. And if you, in case you don't know, let me just remind you, there's more water than land. 
That's right. Land can't compare with water. You got more water in the world and on the earth than you do actually land. And so God, God brought land out of water and then gave water its boundaries. That's fascinating. Let me just show you. So I get happy when I read these uh, supporting texts. In Psalms 104, verses 6 through 8, it says, You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The water stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hastened. They went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which you founded for them. Then look at Job chapter 38, verses 8 through 11. It's, this is just stunning. Job 38, 8 through 11, talking about the, the boundaries of the water. Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garments and thick darkness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors. Verse 11, I just love this verse. Just underline it if you can. When I said, this far sea and ocean, you may come. <laughs> but no farther now sea and ocean. And here your proud waves must stop. God Almighty, your waves as powerful they are, but, but even as powerful as the waves are, the grandeur of your waves, they'll come this far, but you better not go any further. <laughs> You know God does own the sea. <laughs> so much so that he wiped sleep out of his eyes off that boat when the disciples said, Master, we perish. Jesus got up and, and uh, he said, Peace, be still. And the, the wind and the waves obeyed him and hush. Isn't it amazing? The wind and the waves can do what people can't do. God tell us to hush, stop talking so much, and you keep putting your foot in your mouth. Huh? God say, don't you go in now. You will get in trouble, and you go on and get in trouble. Huh? But isn't it amazing? God can tell the sun to rise and set and rise and set. God can say, wind blow, it blows. And he say, wind stop and stop. Waves, don't you come any further and don't go any further. But when you say, man, don't do this, you just tuck your little self in and say, who am who are you, God? I like this. When I said this far, you may come, but no farther. And here your proud waves must stop. Look at verses 11 and 13. Y'all hanging with me? Look at verses 13, 11 and 13. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to his kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants, plants yielding seed according to its kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed each according to its kind and God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the third day after the earth comes forth God causes it to be productive by bringing forth vegetation upon the earth 
such as the herbs that yield seeds and fruit trees in which is its seed according to its kind. Look at verses 14 through 19. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse, the atmosphere of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And then he tags on, and the stars, and the stars. Verse 17, and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 19, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. In these verses, God created two great lights to give light upon the earth. Two great lights to give light upon the earth. Now, early in the text, we saw ways as let there be light, and there was a type of illumination that occurred, but it was without sun or moon. So you had light then, but now God is putting something up in the expanse. It's very unusual. The lights of which had not happened heretofore. The greater light, which is the sun to rule the day, the lesser light, the moon to rule the night, to rule the night. And God created the stars. The sun and the moon were also created for signs to determine the sun and moon was used. The sun and moon was used for signs to determine time. The sun and moon are used to determine seasons, days and years. Now, be mindful, there were no calendars or clocks. All these clocks, you're so clock conscious back then, and even early years, many years ago, long after creation, no calendars, no clocks, none of that. Centuries ago, man used sundials to tell time, which was a device that measures time by the position of the sun. You know, grandma didn't have clocks and watch it, but they can look at the sun and tell you approximately the time of day by looking at nature. The sun cast a shadow from its style onto a surface marked with lines indicating the hours of a day. That was when there were no clocks. You could have that device out there and look at the shadow and how the sun would work that thing. The sun would cast a shadow from that style onto which the surface marked with lines indicated the hours of a day. Verses 20 through 23, uh, look what it says. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning the fifth day. You see, God created an abundance of sea creatures 
created the waters, the seas, and then here he's putting sea creatures in the water. Uh, sea, sea creatures such as fish and eels and dolphins and sharks and whales and crocodiles. And then he gave them uh, the capacity to reproduce. He gave them uh, reproductive capabilities in the oceans of the world. So you see, uh, let the waters be there. And then he brings creatures. He creates creatures and put them in the water with reproductive capabilities. Look at verses 24 and 25. Y'all didn't think I would get this one this quick, did you? Look at verses 24 and 25. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things, and and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And the livestock according to their kinds. And everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. In these verses, God creates land-dwelling uh, animals. Remember the, there was water. And then God brought land out of water. Huh? He, he put sea creatures in the water, brings land out of water, and now he's putting land-dwelling creatures upon the land after their kind, such as cattle and sheep and goats and dogs and cats and other domesticated animals. He also uh, created those little creeping things that y'all don't like, <laughs> like mice and rats and insects and spiders and worms and lizards and snakes. That's right, and snakes. God, God created all of them. God created snakes. And you know what? Some of these very things you don't like, they have a purpose, and if they didn't exist, we'd have some big-time problems. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Maranatha Bible Church celebrates 30 years of service to the glory of God for His abundant favor and immeasurable blessings in two celebratory services. Join us for an evening of praise, worship, and fine dining on Friday, May the 18th, 2018, featuring musical artist and stellar award winner Micah Stampley at the Marriott Northwest Ballroom, 3233 Northwest Loop 410, San Antonio, Texas. Advanced ticket purchases at $50 per person are available through Thursday, May the 10th, 2018 by contacting April at 210-821-5683, extension 222. You are also invited to our celebratory worship service and musical on Sunday, May the 20th, 2018 at 10 a.m. at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas. The Maranatha Bible Church family looks forward to celebrating the amazing goodness of God with you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.